And now, our feature presentation. The best in the world is right here, right now. Whether you like it or don't like it, pal, learn to love it. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. All right, listen up. Now it's our time to step forward. It's time to bring the NWE back into the spotlight. thinking that it might be a good idea if you and I formed an alliance. Let's get ready to rumble! Attention everyone! Welcome to the greatest wrestling program in the world! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen! It's the Alliance Guys podcast with your hosts Kevin Frazier, DKM, and Cap. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Alliance Guys podcast, the only podcast on record to interview Alexander Hammerstone about his time in West Coast Pro Wrestling, MLW, Primetime Live, but of course it's also the only podcast to feature this handsome man right here, right next to me, and that would be the one, the only, Devin K. Mercer, and we have the former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion, Kevin Frazier. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast that almost didn't happen. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> didn't we do okay. that, <laughs> Sure did. Sure did. I am I am really excited tonight. Um, as, as we spoke a little bit off the air, I felt like this was probably the best United Wrestling Network show I have seen to date. So I can't wait. To jump right into it and just get right to it. I mean, uh, let, let's first and foremost, we have to say we have a new NWA women's champion, something that I didn't see coming. DKM, did you see this one coming? I mean, what happened? I have no earthly idea. I did not see it coming. The only thing I can think of to compare how this feels is, you know, back in the old days before there was internet and national TV and all that stuff, if the NWA world title changed hands, you know, it would get announced somewhere between the next week and the next, you know, three months on whatever promotions, local television. And I kind of feel like I'm, you know, like some of them must have felt when they heard, oh, Rick Flair defeated Dusty Rhodes for the world title, and they're going, is Rick Flair? <laughs> yeah. You, you know, you're just kind of shocked. Uh, you know, who, who, who won it and what? And I, I wasn't expecting that, and it's just, I just wasn't expecting it. Well, and what about, what about the aftermath or the repercussions of, uh, of all the – the rumors swirling. I know um, me and me and you guys. We were all shooting around texts and messages just because it just it, it was it just I just did not see that coming. Um, so, anyways, Jay, uh, before we start delving into this, I'm sure I'm sure you've got some itinerary over there. You've got a you've got a, a show lined up for us. 
Man, where are I, we going? What are we doing? That itinerary went out the window. First and foremost, we got to talk about this. Uh, I mean, we'll get to the Let's matches. Talk about it. We'll get to the matches, but I mean, I, I think uh, it's pretty crazy um, to this day and age. First of all, when wrestling secrets are never kept, all the news always breaks. And I and, and you hear people talking about where Thunder Rosa is going to go. You hear people saying that she's maybe WWE bound. Maybe she's signing a contract with AEW. Last night, the NWA president, William Patrick Corgan, was on Instagram and indicated that Thunder Rosa has a contract through 2021. So yeah. uh, I don't think Thunder Rosa is going anywhere. And I think this is a, a pretty big deal that a uh, NWA champion lost her title to an AEW contracted wrestler on the United Wrestling Network Primetime Live. And it just goes to show you, right, that the uh, Primetime Live pay-per-view that comes on every week, Tuesday nights at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific, anything can happen because we just saw it Tuesday night. And uh, I'm still I'm still reeling from it. I, I, I believe Thunder Rosa was uh, on her, you know, um, Thunder tour. I mean, she was just causing destruction everywhere she went. She had wins against Ivelisse, uh, 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 Lindsay Snow, uh, Priscilla Kelly. Um, she really? had matches scheduled for this weekend and, and she and now that's all out the window. I was I was shocked. DK? Uh, Lord, I, um, uh, <laughs> I've never seen this. What's going on here? Look at this guy. I mean, the only thing, getting some of the rumors and something like that, you know, they always say there's a little bit of truth in all the rumors. And while I appreciate Billy Corgan pointing out the fact that the NWA has under contract until 2021 or through 2021 or, uh, however it was stated, uh, let's be honest, if WWE has interest in her, uh, you're not going to be an asshat and say no. Right. <laughs> no, 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 you're right. No, And, and, and I find that funny. No, no, I'm not going to let you go. Uh, you have to stay here and work for me at my price because you signed a contract. No, you're, yeah. you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely, and, and you know, what kind of person would would who would whoever decided to do something or tried to pull something like that what kind of person would they be because ultimately whatever they're paying her at the NWA it's not going to be what they're going to pay her at WWE or why would she even be going there right but and but so... for for me to speculate to to go a little further um i i i hope i'm wrong that there might be a collaboration coming up between the NWA and AEW. And I just don't want to see that. I know that sounds horrible, but I want NWA to stop being part of other people's brand and staying on their own, in their own brand, on their own show. They've got enough... NWA power showed us that they can do that. So... um I, ho I hope we don't see that. I, I would like to see the the NWA stay on its own, uh, be its own brand. I don't want to see another TNA or even WWE in the in the late 90s, uh, 98 or whatever, 99. I don't want to see that. I want to see the NWA stay on its own. Even on the United Wrestling Network, as much as I like it, I, 
I still feel like the NWA needs its own platform uh, for it to truly be taken seriously as a brand uh, that it really can be and really actually is. And and I 100% agree with that sentiment, um, 100%. Um, you know, you get a lot of people who are saying, and, and I don't know if they're trying to talk for for Corgan and the NWA or if it's just their own opinion, but you get some of these people are saying that, hey, NWA power would be garbage without an audience. And okay, okay, but they need to produce something. We need to, there's got to be some sort of showcase that presents these NWA wrestlers and their titles, and it needs to be produced by the NWA. And as, and I'm with you, Kev. I love seeing our NWA champions coming to primetime live and defending their titles. And, and I don't even hate the idea that they're working with AEW, but at the end of the day, if it's not power, if it's not Crockett Cup 2020, there needs to be an NWA show where they're producing original new wrestling content not carny land no 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 mm-hmm. not not more clip shows not more best ofs not more in-depth interviews or looks at uh past rivalries i need more content from the nwa that is centered about uh two opponents in the ring wrestling and so far uh i mean it's been nine months where's the pivot where's the chance where's the opportunity if you're not going to give us NWA power, maybe NWA power is too cost prohibitive to produce without an audience. Then give us something different. Give us something else. But at this point, the shame on the NWA, honestly, for not being able to pivot after nine months, it's time for them to do something. Right. right. Um, you know, look, there's a, you know, depending on what you listen to, there's a lot going on. Uh, maybe some turmoil behind the scenes since Logano left. And it's just, but you need to do something. It, people who say power without an audience is garbage, either uh, either don't understand things or they uh, don't, well, they just don't understand at all. Look, Jay and I have had this conversation off the line. I'm not a big fan of gimmicky matches of any type, and I'd like them to be more specialized. And so one of the things I've never particularly cared for is the pure wrestling style of ROH, you know, where they kind of got a little bit of different rules and everything. But I've been watching the, the TV, the tournament, and I've actually enjoyed it. And it's really the perfect type of thing for an empty arena. Because there are no fans there. They very they do an excellent job of explaining what the tournament is, what the rules are. Uh, there's some psychology involved because one of the rules is you're only allowed three rope breaks. Wow. So okay. after you after you use up all your rope breaks, if you get in the ropes. It can't stop a pin. It can't stop a submission. And uh, we've seen it come to play a couple times in the tournament. And, uh, you know, you could put on, this is the time that you kind of do away with some of the storyline garbage. It's not a good time to have sneak attacks. It's not a good time to, you know, 
have interference, but it's a good time to put on some damn good wrestling matches. Well, I, I want to jump in real quick and, and agree and kind of kind of head scratch a little bit and go, isn't all wrestling right now going without really an audience? I mean, So I, I'm just not buying that, man. That's just an excuse. Uh, I'm not letting that be a reason. I'm almost dis, discounting that because the show must go on. That, that I, I don't even want to talk about the – it power would be trash without an audience. Just move on. Next excuse. Right. And and I think, again, it's been nine months. It's time to do that pivot. We know that they're capable of switching it up. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it costs time, effort, and energy. Uh, Primetime Live is somehow able to find an arena that looks great, has it filled with top-level wrestlers from around the country. There's no audience for that. So you can't tell me that the NWA couldn't do something similar. Hell, it doesn't have to even look as pretty as the Thunder Studios. I mean, you could literally, School of Morton, we've talked about this lots of times, uh, School of Morton in Tennessee. Uh, you could go to Mission Pro and maybe work out an agreement with Thunder Rosa where they tape matches at that venue the next day or, or the day before, or maybe even then the same day. Um, it's just, I, I'm kind of tired of the excuses. I'm kind of tired of the uh lack of action and I, it, I this might catch heat with some of my uh, nwa fam but this is the time you know nine months and there's been nothing now we're gonna get a, a world championship match but even nick aldis i mean the title's basically laying dormant and we can't celebrate his thousand days of a, as nwa world champion when you know the last 120 days he's been sitting on his butt and uh, you know that's just what it is i can't I can't positively spin that. And you're talking to a guy who, who had to put the positive spin on Bruce Tharp taking over the NWA. You're talking to a guy who had to put the positive spin on why Adam Pearce losing the NWA world title was a good thing. We're talking to a guy that had to try to put a positive spin on the Sheik becoming the NWA world champion. And I'm telling you, when MLW is going back to work, when Ring of Honor is going back to work, and Championship Wrestling from Hollywood is going back to work, there's no... GD reason that the NWA can't get back to work. So mm -hmm. I, I if you to Texas, you can have an audience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've said it, so I think we beat this to a dead horse. Um, I, I wanna I wanna talk about the the show because all this NWA talk is great, uh, but we're covering the United Wrestling Network as well tonight, and uh, they they put on a heck of a show. Uh, thank you, Kevin. Yeah, we did kind of beat that horse. If you guys want to hear more about that, listen to the podcast later, because now we're going to focus on the United Wrestling Network presents its seventh episode of Primetime Live. And I was jacked up about this show. I was so excited because we got to see, number one, we got to see the return of pretty Peter Avalon. And I know he might not be a draw in AEW, but long-term championship wrestling from Hollywood fans know how what a central figure he was to the growth of the brand. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was on the very first episode. We had Ray Rosas defending the Hollywood Heritage Championship, a title that has yet to be defended on the primetime live. In fact, Ray Rosas was supposed to be on episode number two and got scratched for whatever reason. And he finally now made his appearance. We got 
Kevin Martinson back. We got Bodega back. Uh, it was a really fun show, really exciting show. And and Kevin, you were you and I were talking offline. This was a show that felt like they did everything right. Do you want to elaborate yeah. on that? Um. Well, it's just I, I every show has had some points where you kind of scratch your head. Um, every show has had matches that had a little bit of botchiness to them. Um, you know, just, again, it wasn't a perfect show, one of the greatest wrestling show I've ever seen, but it was the best all-out overall production. Uh, I felt like the promos were good. I mean, the Bodega cut a heck of a promo. The Big Money Brothers cut a great promo. Um, I liked Chris Dickinson's promo. Uh, I like Avalon's promo. I like Ray. I mean, I'm just sitting here going like, I just felt like as a whole, uh, the promos were good. The matches were solid. And 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 as it's going all along, you know, the wrestler. I've booked shows before. I've promoted shows. I've wrestled on wrestled on shows. I've hosted shows. I've announced. I've sang the national anthem at a wrestling show too. Um, and I'm saying I've, I've been a part of every kind of aspect of a wrestling show helped with television and production. And one of the things as the show's going along, this is credit to Dave Marquez that I go, why is this the opening match? Oh, that was a good, that was a good opening match. Why is the women's title match here? Oh, that was still a good match. It was here, but man, the next match better live up to it. And I thought this was the best main event they've put on. Ooh. So far, so far, thus far, it was, and again, you know, I, I will be the first to criticize uh, Peter Avalon uh, being a main event guy. I mean, again, I'm a smaller guy too, so if, if I can take the criticism, he should be able to as well. The uh, Initially, your first look is like, I don't know, but this was a thinking man's wrestling match. Peter Avalon did everything he was should have done, given his stature, to make the match make sense. And it lived up to being a main event match, and it was the best match of the card. So in the end, I'm like, well, okay, how do you question something that worked? And so, again, I felt like the flow of the show was great. Just all in all, it it had very few weak points. Um, And then, of course, we had the big title change that probably rocked uh, a big part of the wrestling world. Uh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So the show kicks off with the Hollywood Heritage Championship match. Uh, two guys who I have a ton of respect for in Ray Rosas and Kevin Martinson. Uh, two guys that, uh, Kev, I believe you've been in the ring with uh, a couple of times. Um, this was Martinson's first shot at uh, challenging for the Hollywood Heritage Championship in 14 years of being in uh, championship wrestling from Hollywood to Dave Marquez Studios. Uh, so I really think that says a lot about maybe how much he's been underutilized as a singles wrestler. Uh, then you've got Ray Rosas, who's basically held every single championship sans the United Wrestling Network uh, world tag titles. And uh, I, I honestly thought this match could have gone either way. Ray Rosas is very conniving in the ring. He's sneaky. Um Kevin Martinson, there's like no wasted motion. It seems like everything he does has a purpose when he's in that ring. I mean, there's no, like I said, everything's really fluid. Both of these guys are very fluid. And I honestly thought that we were going to see a new Hollywood Heritage champion. We didn't see one. DK, what did you think about this match? Tell us your thoughts on uh, Martinson versus Rosas. Uh, 
Well, Kevin, I was a little surprised it was first, but it was actually a very good opener. Uh, I, I like the match. I think it did the right thing to kind of get the crowd as far as the TV audience or uh, into it. But, you know, had some exciting moments. Both guys are are good professionals. They know what they're doing. They know how to work a match. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, no complaints. It, it yeah, it delivered. Like, it really delivered. Yeah, you know, they. I, I will say there were only like what four matches on this show. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Um, it it worked well because they had the time they needed to tell the story in the ring. Right. And and. You know, that's a lost art in wrestling today. So, uh, it, it set a good tone for the, it set a good tone for the show, and it was enjoyable to watch. Okay. Jay, Jay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right? I mean, it's like, sometimes, it's so funny because it's so easy to criticize bad matches, but then you get a good match, and it's like, it was great. It was hard hitting. Um, it was technical. Uh, guys worked the cameras. You could tell there's a little bit of um, a little bit of physicalness to the match. It had a little more physicality than normal, so you could tell there was some history. And like like uh, Devin said, they had an opportunity to tell that story in the match. And you know, this is this is not a negative, but you know, Kevin Martinson has been at the top of the tag team division in California for, what, 10 years? At least, yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, right. So I don't feel bad for him that he hasn't gotten a lot of singles opportunities because that's just what being a great tag wrestler is. Is you own – this is your division, and those guys own that division. And, I, and I'm glad to see him break away now. I think getting this opportunity, showing that he can do it, I, I think what Martinson really needs – um, he's got a personality. I just think, kind of like what we talked to with Hammerstone last night, is there? He, he's got to have that moment where where he has a certain character transformation that kind of elevates him past the person we knew him as into something that is a little bit more than what he is right now. And I think he's in that transitional phase. Uh, the one thing I do know about him is he's a very eclectic, very creative, uh, and a unique guy. And he's hardworking. So I think you're going to see it happen. And I think it's going to be fun to watch this. Um, hopefully they don't put him back into the tag division if he's going to be a no. singles wrestler. And, no. and I and I would like to see him. I would like to see. I want to see this develop because this is what I love about wrestling is characters and stories. Um, all in all, man, those guys, you know, Kevin Martinson puts his body through. I mean, he's been wrestling a long time. And he's out there, you know, getting slammed on the concrete, falling on the stage. Uh, just giving it all he's got. So there's something inside of him that is showing you through his effort that he really wants. He wants it bad, and he feels like it, this is the time. So I just, I can't wait to watch him grow. I think he's going to be one of those unsung, unsung hero guys when we have this conversation a year from now. Yeah, I I agree with you. You know we, and I I want to try to keep on pace, but we talked about who we thought the future of the show would be last week. We're talking about guys like Chris Dickinson. Carl Fredericks, we mentioned um, uh, Danny Limelight. I think uh, 100% it, 
if if people aren't talking about Kevin Martinson today, BHK, I think one year from now they're gonna be. And I think he's gonna. You're right. He doesn't belong in tag teams anymore. Now it's his time to shine as a singles wrestler, and I really think you're going to see the exodus, the uh, the evolution, if you will, the growth, the genesis of a new of a new uh, BHK, new Kevin Martinson. And I think you know, I think he's going to be champion somewhere, some somehow in the lineup. I don't know if it's going to be the Hollywood Heritage Champion. I don't know if it's going to be the TV Champion. Hell, he might even win the World Championship. That's how good he is, and uh, I'm excited for what's next for BHK. So, I'm excited also to the change because, you know, that Kevin was talking about. And I, I think one of the things is as he becomes truer to himself, which, again, was kind of covered uh, yesterday with Hammerstone, you noticed when he basically started being himself and just tuned up a bit. And, you know, look, there's a difference between stunning Steve Austin and Stone Cold Steve Austin. There's a difference between Rocky Maivia and Plux Lavender and The Rock. And I think we're reaching a point where there's going to be a difference. You know, there's already a difference between Johnny Goodtime and Kevin Markinson, but I think we may be getting into a, a true personality character change that says this is a serious singles wrestler competitor and like you said Jay this is a guy that's going to be getting a title somewhere right and have a chance at it for sure right so bumping on to the next part of the show we have an interruption if you will the former Mongrovian third-degree national world heavyweight Mongrovian champion, the shooter Aaron Stevens joins the broadcasting booth. A very uncomfortable situation. Uh, Todd Kennelly was was caught off guard. You know, over there's Blake Troop, the you know an MMA fighter who could legitimately just like uh, I don't know choke this guy out, and, and he's over there smiling because he doesn't know what to say. Uh, you got the the uh, bastard son of Tony Schiavone sitting there. Uh, in, in in James Kincaid and uh, it was just kind of fun. Uh, Aaron Stevens talking about he got robbed and how the NWA is not returning his phone calls. I heard that happens quite a bit these days. Um, and he said that he's going to bring back the question mark who is currently in quarantine and unable to travel to the United States and that he wants to challenge Eli Drake and James Storm to an NWA World Tag Team match. Now this was really strange. For multiple reasons, number one, the uh, United Wrestling Network has yet to acknowledge the tag team titles, the NWA tag team titles. They, When Eli Drake was in town, they didn't acknowledge him as a, a current or reigning NWA tag team champion. When James Storm showed up unexpectedly, again, there was no acknowledgement of his time as a tag team champion. Even further to confuse things, James Storm was just on uh, Bound for Glory a couple weeks ago wrestling an impact. So his his contract status is kind of up in the air. We don't really know what's going on. And then, of course, the question mark is still in Mongrovia. So this was very <laughs> weird kind of – I mean, this is the storyline of the show. Um, they're planting seeds, and maybe this will lead to a tag team match. Maybe it will lead to the return of the question mark. Uh, Big Kev, what were your thoughts on this? Honestly, 
I loved this segment of the show. <laughs> I love, I, lo- I loved it. I, you know, Aaron Stevens to me has been a guy that has truly won me over even since the NWA Power. Yeah. Um, you know, again, if if you're gonna act the way he acts, you have to be able to go out there and actually fight. You know, one of the reasons, um, you know, a guy like Ric Flair could go out there and have these, have these overstated proclamations was that when you get in the ring and back them up. Sure. And good wrestlers that get out there and have these kind of, because Aaron Stevens has a heightened sense of importance to him. <laughs> um, so, so, but if you're going to have that, you have to be able to wrestle. And I'm confident in Aaron Stevens' ability to go out there and wrestle, especially after what we've seen between him and Trevor Murdoch. And, um, but we all, and we all know he's, he's got a flair for the dramatic. I thought this was a good – I thought the uncomfortableness of it was fine because it was navigated well, and it went somewhere. We actually got somewhere. Like we got to a point of why is he out here? What's he talking about? What, what, what is this for? This is weird and awkward. Ah, he's out here to do A, B, C. He's out here to bring back up his partner, the question mark. He's out here to challenge the, to say that he's here and he wants to make a statement and that him and his partner are going to challenge or want to challenge for the NWA World uh, Tag Team titles. Honestly, there, there was, again, another segment that did not leave a whole lot to be desired in the way it was done. Because like you said, Jay, you know, it was awkward at times. It was kind of funny. Um, it was a little bit intimidating to some point. I mean, I, I couldn't tell who he was going to beat up, but I knew he was going to beat somebody up. I knew it was coming. <laughs> And so, um, so I I, re- I, I like the segment. I I thought whoever put that segment together, whether it was hey hey Aaron go out there and do that thing you do and end it <laughs> end it after this long here, or if it was something that kind of had a little more tinkering involved, it was well done. However it got done, it was well done. Because again, you have guys, and this is something you'll find when you go start doing booking and produce production. You have some guys you have to tell them everything. And then other guys, Adam Pierce, you, you say, start here, end here, and do that thing you do in between. Um, and, and this is what we need to, to get out of that. Uh, and they have a masterful way of doing that. I, I'd be willing to bet Aaron Stevens is one of those guys because there's no way anybody's writing those catchphrases that he seems to just churn out one after another after another after another. No way. I, again, he's grown on me very much like DK's fungus uh, statement that he makes so Devin what'd you what do you think of Aaron Stevens I know you like him I like Aaron Stevens I, I was a fan still am I did not love the segment as much as you did but I admit it had its purpose it met its purpose uh, if we are lucky the question mark will be you know, stuck in Ambrogia forever and ever and ever again. And this was, and this will be the last time that we ever hear about him. Probably won't be that lucky, but if we're lucky, if we're lucky, that will happen. Uh, I was glad they brought up the tag team titles since it has basically been ignored in the situation. I mean, James Storm has stated in interviews he is 
a free agent. I don't think he signed anywhere. I don't think he signed with Impact. I think he basically gets one-off deals wherever he goes. So certainly the NWA you know, use him for a few one-offs to defend the title. Uh, you know, take care of the situation, so to speak. You know, it wasn't a great segment, but it was a good segment. I could have done without him laying on the floor, but hey. Stuff works for me. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty brilliant as he laid there, and he's like, hey, somebody got a stagehand. He needs help. That, that got me. I giggled at that uh, one. Um, do we want to address some of the stuff that the, the people are saying in the chat room? Because they've got some gold uh, oh, sitting I, in here. Woodland Goblin is bringing fire tonight. And uh, <laughs> definitely, I, first, let's go with what All Japan Stan said. My good friend Stan, I met Stan in Nashville for the NWA 70th anniversary show. I uh, appreciate his friendship, and he's always cool to come by and check us out from time to time. And he says, I don't blame Thunder Rosa for leaving as soon as her NWA contract is over. Her dropping the titles was the worst decision ever. Mm. I mean, look, I, I can't tell you that why Billy Corgan does what Billy Corgan does. And if this leads to a rubber match, like uh, Todd Kennelly was suggesting, that maybe these two meet up again, maybe AEW's full gear, uh, yep. maybe at the debut of NWA Power, I'm not sure. But um, Thunder Rosa was literally the standard bearer for the NWA. I think there's no question about it. None. So, uh, you know, let all... What was that, DK? So let things play out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my take, too, because you know what? I Serena Deeb isn't a bad wrestler. I mean, she showed that she's had two really good matches with Thunder Rosa, one on AEW, one on the NWA, or Primetime Live, I should say. Um, it's not like she's a, she's garbage. You know, this this wasn't a garbage match. It was a really good match. It was probably one of the best. Um, Woodland Goblins uh, is talking about uh, the lack of endurance for Nick Aldis and said that he should perhaps – challenge for the television title because he would only need to go about five minutes and uh brutal kev you're a fitness kev you're a fitness guy i've got no place to talk about endurance you know i'm a good three minutes and done so why don't you tell us about this what tell us about endurance and what it means to wrestling well i i think to have a because i had uh had a weekend um, in Arkansas when, I guess it's probably 2007, 2008, where my opponent and I, we did a 30-minute, we did 30-minute broadways three, three nights in a row. And, um, you know, the goal was to, it was just part of our goal. We, we were given 45-minute segments in each show. And the biggest, and we had the crowd the whole time. And the biggest secret to having a good long match number one is telling a story you have to have something to tell and if you work the leg the whole time it's boring so for all you wrestlers out there don't work the leg for 30 minutes for god's sake <laughs> um <laughs> just spare us as fans but um and then pacing the way you pace yourself in the match is is a big has a lot to do with it um i think it, the shape that you're in is less important to have, let's say, a long match uh, as the way that you pace yourself. I have it when I used to train amateur wrestlers. I used to always tell them, I said, guys, you have to take your time. 
and in the, and you hear that, and you hear something like that, and it, and it almost kind of loses its meaning because you hear it so much. And I would say, guys, you have to take, take, like physically take your time, meaning that if your pace is certain, this pace, you have to impose that pace onto the person that you're wrestling, or you'll you'll get tired faster than they will. Don't mm-hmm. allow them to impose their timing onto you. Pro wrestling is the same. Because, see, for me, when I would wrestle a guy, say, like Masada, who if I try to go toe-to-toe with this guy, he's going to knock me out a thousand times over. I'm not going to be able to hit him with a kendo stick. I don't even know if he bleeds because his skin is, like, like three <laughs> inches thick. Um, but if I wrestled him, moved the pace of the match faster than he was comfortable to go, all of a sudden I had the advantage. And so, again, this happens in pro wrestling, too. I mean, when you were going to wrestle a guy like me who could wrestle 30 minutes, you know, if you couldn't go more than 15 minutes without dying, you were going to die, and I was going to have my way with you for at least 10 minutes. Because one of my booking priorities, unless I'm working with, say, Dave Marquez, is, hey, I, I, need, I need 20 to 25, 30 minutes of a segment of your show. If not, I, there's really no point in bringing me in um, because you're just not going to get your value, and I'm not going to get the value out of it. So, again, I, I think a lot of it has to do – Nick Aldis is a great wrestler. He knows how to tell a great story in the ring. I just think right now Nick Aldis is taking the brunt of all the heat for what the back office is doing wrong with the NWA right now. And this, that's what you get for being the banner carrier of the company. But, I, I, again, I, I don't have anything bad to say about Nick Aldis's matches because he pretty much swerves me two out of three times, and it, and it, never, and it never hurts my feelings. I think he does it well. That's fair. That's fair. So, um, if we go back to the topic at hand, unless you guys have anything more you want to add, um, let's get back to the matches. Sorry, I was back in the AOL in the I almost said AOL chat room. Good lord, oh. what what century is this? Um, Old school. Yeah. Next up is the Real Money Brothers. Get money versus the Bodega, and I think I'm not alone here in saying that the Bodega is probably my favorite tag team that's on United Wrestling Network's primetime live. I love the Wolf Zaddies. I love the tribe. There's something about the bodega that works for me. Pablo Esco, the one-man lucha gang. You've got Danny Limelight, who just... This is the year of the spider, as far as I'm concerned. These guys, I mean, they do a terrific job of... They've only been together as a tag team for about like two or three months, but they're wrestling like veterans, like a long standing tag team. And when they're in a match with, uh, with the cat, uh, real money brothers, uh, clutch and big Shug, I mean, they split the ring in half. There's fast tags. There's tag team moves. There's, there's a lot of chemistry in such a short amount of time. And, uh, you know, honestly, I felt like they were just the better tag team in this match. I felt like they were doing a better job, but like I said, of cutting that ring in half, you know, uh, making those hot tags, getting the fresh man mm-hmm. in. And even when Danny was taking a beating, I felt like it was the old Rock and Roll Express. Sorry, I had to bring it up. But, you know, you were just waiting for that hot baby face tag to get in big Pablo Esco, you know, the king fat boy. And <laughs> things were going to happen. Kev, what did you think of this match? Well, I, for one, I'm always going to be a little partial when I like some when I like a team or a wrestler. So I'm very I'm I'm going to be partial to Danny Limelight and Pablo Esco. Number one, the dynamic of the team. 
Uh, I love the, the having the dynamic of a big man and a small man. We just talked about endurance. The small man can do a lot of the work in the ring as far as wearing the other guys down, uh, you know, getting get, – because, again, think of it like a healthometer. You know, as both guys on the other team are in there continuously, you know, you have Pablo Esco on the outside ready to come in and make, a, uh, make an impact. Um, so I, I really like the dynamic of their team. I felt like the finish, they, they need to just, just – it's a great finish. Slow down. Just slow down so we can watch this thing. Uh, again, you don't have a crowd. Take your time because uh, it's a great finish. Um, and, you know, I, I thought this was the best showing of the Big Money big money Brothers. Real Money Brothers. Uh, their promo – Real Money Brothers. I, I like their promo this time. I thought they – when they're in there with a team that's really actually a good team, they look a lot better. Uh, so I thought this was a strong showing on their behalf, but I was glad to see, uh, you know, the Bodega. They have a cool team name. They cut a great promo. They look good. Honestly, and again, I'm going to enjoy it when they're out there just because I have a kind of a liking for the team and the dynamics. So uh, I enjoyed it. Like I said, the only real criticism I would say – this was the only major kind of botchy thing that happened all night. It was just that they rushed the finish a little bit. It's such a good finish. Um, just take a deep breath, count to two or three, and just slow it down because it always happens a lot faster out there uh, than you think it's happening. DK? Hey, I, this was a tag team match I truly enjoyed. Like you two, I'm extremely big fan of the Bodega. I just, hey, I'm hungry too. <laughs> and I, you know, a long time ago I watched a YouTube video where Al Snow was doing a training session. He was talking about tag team wrestling. And he, he asked a question, which sounds very simple, but, you know, so many people don't get it. He goes, what's the gimmick to a tag team match? You know, what's the thing? What are you doing? It's the tag. All right? That's that's what makes the tag team match exciting. It's the tag. Yeah. These guys seem to have gotten that. Yeah. They seem to have understood it. Yep. Yeah. Look, I like both teams. I do, too. And if I can be completely honest, I like both teams better than the current, uh, you know. Oh, hey, hey, don't, don't, don't get me started. I get will go started. off on how much better there are like three or four teams than that, than the tag champs. Carry on, DK. Get Sorry. them started. So, yeah. <laughs> These are good teams. If they yeah. get what wrestling is, it was a good match. It had, you know, some good back and forth. They tagged at the right times. They did things the right way. Like Kevin said, the only thing was there at the ending. It got a little confusing or a little messed up. But, hey, you know, shit happens. And, you know, yeah, I immensely, immensely enjoyed this. Best tag team match they've had on uh, Primetime Live. Best tag team match I've seen in a long time, including half of what I saw on NWA Power and probably 90% of what I saw on NWA Power and 100% of what I see on the two big promotions. Wow, that's a big statement, DK. 
Because they don't do tag team wrestling. That's true. Yes, two and, singles uh, wrestlers, two singles wrestlers wrestling in a tag match. And even when they are tag team, it's you know the gimmicky hop, jump, fly, have all four guys in the ring. You know, just this was primetime live gives us wrestling. Everybody out there who says I want wrestling, I don't like that sports entertainment stuff. You need to be watching this. Right. Um, Come on. If, if you're saying you need to be supporting this, yeah, we can be critical of things or we might do things differently. So what? That's life. Monday morning quarterback is part of the football enjoyment. You know, but if you like wrestling, why the hell aren't you watching this legally? Throw that out there real quick. You know, I want to I want to piggyback on what you're saying, DK, because what we have seen as these shows have moved on is it does feel like you know we've had some had a little bit of a you know ups and downs, but as a whole, you're seeing as there as this production is learning its identity, the wrestlers are learning what this show is all about. This is why you have a show like this. And I'll tell you this, it's been probably since NXT and probably 2014 to 2016, uh, maybe even into 17, uh, it's been since then, since I've enjoyed um, a wrestling show like I enjoyed this, this one. So it's kind of bringing me back to that little bit of a wrestling renaissance for me that, like I said, I'd probably say my most favorite modern wrestling era has been that late 2014 to about 2018 uh, of NXT. So, again, I, I think they're capturing a little bit of this uh, here at the United Wrestling Network, but with more wrestling. You are absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And uh, I, I got a message here. And so uh, let me try to do something real quick here. I'm going to try to bring somebody on here. I've never done this before, so I don't know if this is going to work. I'm going to try. Uh-oh. Hey, what's up, Danny Limelight? Hey! My ear ringing, man. Hey, can you guys hear this? You guys in the video, can you hear this? Yeah. Hey, yeah, man, we were just talking about, you know, some of the best tag teams, and we're talking about, you know, uh, United Wrestling Network's Primetime Live and how much we love King Fatboy and Danny Limelight because you guys seem to be doing a lot of things right in the tag team division. Well, yeah, I appreciate that, man. You know, we have we have you know one thing in mind right now, and that's obviously the tag team championship. So every time we step in that ring, we're just trying to do our thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm hungry. Bobo Esco starving. You know what I'm saying? And, I heard my ear ringing. I decided to look up my my notifications and see if you guys are talking about me. So I wanted to call in and show love, man. You feel me? Well, I appreciate that, man. You know we we're big Danny Limelight fans here at the uh, at the Alliance blog, and of course, uh, Pablo. Uh, excuse me. Don't if I call him the wrong name, he's gonna kick my ass. Go ahead. I'm gonna tell him you said that. I'm gonna I'm gonna just say King Fatboy because I don't want to get it wrong. We're big fans. Uh, you guys really we appreciate what you guys do in the ring. Um, I just want to say that Terry McDermott wants to see you guys fight the tribe. I mean, I want to see you guys fight everybody. Well, and, and you can tell him. Including Leo Rush. You can tell him. Keep ducking and dodging. 
I don't know if you guys heard that, but uh, Leo Rush, uh, the the challenge was just made. Danny Limelight wants to uh, wants to step in the ring with him, so maybe we'll see that down the road. Well, that's the match I would love to see. I don't I don't know if you can hear it, uh, Danny, but uh, my boy Kevin Douglas is the uh, Kevin Frazier, the former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion. Let me let me just say that one more time. The former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion wants to see a matchup putting Danny Limelight versus Leo Rush. I mean, I think that's that's a huge compliment right there, sir. I think, I, think, uh, I appreciate the love. You know what I'm saying? I wish I wish the NWA World Junior Heavyweight World Junior Heavyweight Championship was still around. You know what I'm saying? If there, if, if there was, that's definitely something that I would want to get my hands on as well. But it's no longer around. Matter of fact, I, I, I'm pretty sure I pinned the last person to hold the championship in, in, in Lions Break Crown Tournament. You know, so Leo Rush is coming to primetime live, man. He doesn't have an opponent. So I'm saying if, if people want to see it, I'm sure it's going to happen. So, uh, you guys, if you want to see that match, get out there and tweet it respectfully. Retweet, tweet that to the United Wrestling Network. Tweet that to David Marquez. Make sure you tag the Alliance blog and, uh, of course, Mr. Danny Limelight in that one. Hey, Danny, we're going to let you go, but I really appreciate you uh, checking in with us, man. Uh, much love to you. Thank you, sir. That was pretty badass. Well, I mean, we have Hammerstone one night. We have Ricky Starks. We have Barrett Brown. Now, Danny Limelight calls in to talk to us because, guys, this is where it's at. It's not just about it's not about quantity. It's about quality around here, man. And, and uh, you know, he met, sent me a message as we're going here, and I'm like, man, if I if we could have pulled him up on video, we would have. He would have been on here, but uh, we'll have to do that another time. I'll, I'll try to touch base with him on that. But uh, that was cool. I uh, appreciate that, Danny Limelight. And uh, again, you guys, make sure you're following him. And that's at uh, Danny Limelight. Um, I just want to make sure I got it right. Yeah, Danny Limelight, all one word. Go follow, give him a follow on uh, Twitter because that was pretty cool. Uh, but let's get to the matches because I know we're starting to run a little bit late. We wanted to keep this to about 60 minutes, so we're going to just try the best we can to get through this. Hope you guys will bear with us real quick. Of course, next up we have uh, the Chris Dickinson promo. Again, I think what more can be said about Dickinson? He's, he's succinct. He's crisp. He's good on the mic. He's good in the ring. I mean, is there anything else you guys want to add to this? I, I think we talked enough about Dickinson. I think I'm going to save what I have to say about him uh, for the main event. I just wanted to say this, though. When you step through the door, you take off your shoes, and you pay some respect, or I'll kick your ass back out the door. I thought that was beautiful. I thought that was great. Uh, <laughs> each week, I'm going to try to do one person's promo, one line. That was my favorite from this week. Okay, next up, we get uh, Serena Deep. Challenging the NWA Women's World Championship. You all know the result. We've been talking about it. But this was a very good match. And what I liked about this match is that each opponent was focusing on something different. You know, Serena Deep was uh, looking to get an edge. The whole match felt very much like it was Thunder Rosa's to lose. And that's what happened. Uh, there was a few, a little bit of stuttering where Thunder Rosa did not take that uh, opportunity to attack. Uh, when Serena Deep was down, she was clutching her neck. And, and she made her pay for it. Um, of course, uh, you know, Thunder Rosa likes to say La Mira Mira, which means, uh, roughly in Spanish, uh, I'm the best, simply the best. And, uh, 
I mean, for sure, her reign was one of the best reigns that I've seen in a long time. Um, I really felt that she helped elevate not just the women's wrestling division in the NWA, but really women's wrestling in general. It really put a spotlight on the National Wrestling Alliance. I really felt like Thunder Rosa was the bright spot for NWA power, and I really felt like she carried a lot of momentum to what Primetime Live was, what uh, Mission Pro Wrestling is, and even brought some of that uh, spotlight into AEW. I don't want to spend too much time talking about it because we were just talking about it, but uh, Kev, do you have anything you want to add to this match? Yeah, really, it was a solid wrestling match. And again, I've watched, I've seen, and again, my my standard for women wrestling, and I'll have to say this over and over again, (laughs) my standard for women's wrestling is a lot higher uh, I'm not gonna let them. Well, I'm not gonna let them get away with the excuse that, oh, they're women, and because they're women, they can't do X, Y, Z. I I trained with, shared the ring with, uh, the greatest athlete I've ever met in my life, man or woman, uh, Jazz, and she just sets a standard for what women are capable of that takes away all the 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 stuff. And again, I've seen matches before where. You know, I've seen women that were unathletic, sloppy in the ring. Maybe they looked good, but nothing that they did was believable, and that's unacceptable. It's just not acceptable. If it's not acceptable for men, it's not acceptable for women. And, you know, we talked about a girl, uh, Ryan. Lacey what was her last Ryan. first name? Lacey. Lacey Ryan. You know, very believable in the ring. Thunder Rosa, very believable in the ring. And Serena Deeb, you know, great shape. Great ring savvy, great pacing, great timing. No one in this match looked like they were in over their head. Um, just as a, as all in all, it was just a very very solid wrestling match. And I would put these kind this type of match up against any wrestling match between women uh, that's happening out there. Of course, some matches between athletes of this caliber, maybe even a little better, uh, may have a little bit better setup. Uh, may have a little more money behind what they're doing, but again, if you were to, I feel like if you were to put these two women into a situation like that, uh, you would see them rise to the challenge. The big thing to me was that that, and I know there's a lot of criticism, but the response that we're giving this, in it, in its own right, says to me that it's real that, that maybe they did do a good job here. Because we're talking about it. If Thunder Rosa wins that match, we're still just kind of where we were six months ago. At least this point, it puts Thunder Rosa back in the position that she was in before where we said she should be champion, when she's going to get her opportunity. I would love to see a rubber match. I don't think they said that on the air for no reason. And again... If this is just to create buzz and create attention and get people a little bit hot about it, I'm all for it. I, I really am. I mean, I'm all for it. So so in a way, if this, like DK said, let this thing play out, if this ends well, I'm going to say that this was a great decision uh, to, to, ha- to go this direction. And Serena Deeb is, is as deserving as anybody I've watched lately. DK, your thoughts, brother. Hey, look, last time Thunder Rosa was on, I asked the question, made the statement. 
She's the best damn wrestler in the business today. Not female wrestler, wrestler. Huge fan, absolutely love her, absolutely adore her. I love surprise title changes. I do. I, I am not, I've never been happy since the wrestling world in pay-per-view and you basically knew when the titles were going to change hands and everything. Man, that was a beautiful thing to be in shock like that. That was a beautiful <laughs> thing to be in this community. You know, there comes a time when we need to be fans. Right. And there comes a time when we need to remember we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And we don't know everything. You know, there was some controversy under the last regime. I remember when uh, Santana Garrett lost the title to Amber O'Neill. It's like, you know, a lot of people didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. A lot of people didn't know that Santana Garrett was originally only supposed to be a short-term champion. And so there were some... Uh, some agreements that they normally normally made with their champions that didn't get made, and you know there was a there caused some problems. And you know I don't know what's going on. I don't know if she's going WWE, AEW, if she's staying with the NWA, if she wants to take time off to focus on her promotion. You know I don't know what's going on in her personal life. I don't. Don't worry about it. Be a fan. <laughs> this was insane. Yeah, have fun. Have fun with this. I mean, it was plain exciting. And, you know, I love to tell Kevin he's wrong, and so I'm going to tell him he's wrong here. This was the best match on the card. <laughs> I, mean, I did not believe how much I enjoyed it. And the... So, Brina Deeb's like... You know, I don't know how old she is, and, you know, you don't ask a lady, so we're going to say a 10-plus-year veteran of the sport. She knows what she's doing. She's trained in some places under some top wrestlers, top trainers. Give her a chance. Maybe she'll be champion two weeks. Maybe she'll be champion two years. But, you know, give her a chance to do. Give them a chance to tell the story. Let's see what happens. All I know is that I watched one of the best women's wrestling matches that's been on in a long, 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 long time. And I've said I'll put Thunder Rosa against any female wrestler in any promotion. I think she's the best. And I'm willing to give Serena D. I'd like to learn more about her, but I'm willing to give her the chance to prove that she can be the best. Well, let's enjoy the ride, people. Well, let me say, let me, let me say two more things to that before we go to the next match. Number one, Ric Flair didn't become a 16-time world heavyweight champion by never losing the belt. And sometimes greatness falls, and sometimes greatness rises. And if it's if it was to be, then it'll be Thunder Rosa will get that title back if it's meant to be. Secondly. You know, let's talk about this was the biggest secret in professional wrestling because this match that she had last night on AEW 
was filmed about a week ago. So this title match that she had happened a week ago on AEW without any of us knowing about it. She defended the Burke in AEW without any of us knowing about it. And that might be one of the most clever things that the NWA has done thus far because the title did change hands on primetime live on Tuesday night. And on Wednesday night, she defended the title on a TV taping from a week ago and nothing got out. Nobody talked about it. Nobody mentioned it. Nobody said a word. So, I, I mean, I take my hats off to the AEW boys and those in the production and those working for that company because they kept that secret tight-lipped. Like That, that wasn't on the sheets. Nobody was talking about that. So uh, my hat's off to those guys because uh, whether you like the wrestling or not, to keep that secret, that's pretty good. I think that was really good. And um, Dave Scooby says that title change has people talking, and that's for 100% damn sure people are talking about it. But let's get to the next match, the final match, the main event. What I like to describe this as a generations match. I know we're not in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but you have the ace of the old versus the ace of the new. You had the guy who spearheaded what championship wrestling from Hollywood was. And now you've got the guy in, who's who's basically the driving force of primetime live, the, the evolution of what's what's hot in the United Wrestling Network. And um, surprised, first of all, that we even got this match to have Peter Avalon and another AEW wrestler appear on primetime live. Uh, but this was a hell of a match. And, and like I said, each match tonight, I just felt like it kept getting better and better, or I should say not tonight, but Tuesday night. And, uh, this was another example of, uh, you know, where the one wrestler has this advantage and then the other wrestler finds a moment of hesitation, finds an opportunity and exploits it and goes to town on that opportunity. And, and, and Dickinson, even though he still kind of wrestles as a heel, really had some of that baby face momentum in this match. Um, you know, was working. I thought he did a wonderful job working the injured knee. You know, he would do the Northern light suplex and bridge with the single leg. He would do the, the German suplex and bridge with, with just one leg. He went to go for the lariat and he stumbled and he couldn't, he couldn't keep continuing because his leg was injured. I thought this was a great match. DKM, what were your thoughts on this one? I enjoyed it for what it was. Honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of either gentleman, but I thought it was a good match. I thought they did what they needed to do. I thought there was the right amount of professionalism in it. Kevin's gotten very blurry. All of a sudden. Yeah. Kev, you got blurry all of a sudden. And, uh, so, I mean, I, I'm not going to love it the way Kevin did, but I will say for my overall feelings on the two men, it was a good match, and I enjoyed it. Kevin? Am I, am I still blurry? Yeah. Very. Huh, it's probably my Wi-Fi um, doing its thing right now, so I don't, I don't know how to – usually around this time of night, because, again, it's pretty late out here, I guess they do some kind of – some kind of reset or something like that. So can you, you still look, hear me? Yeah, you look a little yeah, bit better right now. Okay, but uh, if my sound's coming through, that'll, you know, we'll, we'll live. Um, I guess for me, when I saw this match as the main event, um, you know, honestly, it can be argued that, gosh, you could argue for three of the matches tonight uh, that they were the best match on the card. I felt like, I felt like you could argue for the tag match. The women's match, and you could argue for the main event. And again, it's all about what flavor of ice cream, I guess you would say, that you like. 
And what what I wanted to see happen in this match was Peter Avalon proved to me, and again, I, this is not my feelings about Peter. I know he's a great wrestler. I know him personally, great guy. But I wanted him to prove to me that, number one, he was a main event. He belonged in the main event. He belonged in the title tournament. And that he could make make this match believable against Chris Dickinson. Because when you're looking at him, my wife was watching the match with me, and again, you know, she's not a, a wrestling connoisseur as we are, and she's like, is that is that guy even big enough to be a wrestler? And <laughs> again, I mean, but this is stuff that we that we as wrestlers have to deal with, and as fans, these are the things that we lose touch with sometimes uh, because we're so far in it. Um, and you know, I said, yeah, well, it, let's see. I, I saw what I told her. Because that's what I wanted to see. I said, let's see. Let's see if he can let's see if he can make me believe that he even belongs in the match with a guy the size of uh, of Dickinson. And I don't feel like Dickinson pulled any punches on him. I don't feel like Dickinson gave him a single a single thing. I think that Avalon showed toughness going chop for chop, elbow for elbow with him. He stayed in there with him. He didn't he didn't physically dominate him, which makes the match look unbelievable. Uh, he used his brain, and he he you know did a little swerve with the ref, got the knee caught in the turnbuckle, but not too early, so we didn't have to watch the knee the whole match. Uh, got the chair, smacked him with the chair. It was done well, and again that makes it believable. He used his brain. He's a thinking man's wrestler. He's a librarian. It, it all added. It all added up for me, and it carried uh, the main event role very well. And again, it, it, it shows the importance of this title that they're that they're putting into the stream. And it to me, this was the point at which Dickinson became a legitimate to me in my in my eyes, not just the darling of the company. You know what I mean by that? The guy that they are just gonna push no matter what and you're just gonna have to deal with it. But he elevated himself in this match to say, Okay, he should be a guy in the conversation for this title. Is he still? Is he my shoe in for the title? No, I mean you got Redbeard, you got Darth Watson here, you got Davy Boy Smith. Uh, I mean you've got some big boys that are legitimately good, and he's going to have to prove it week in and week out. And like you said, Jay, I think he's somehow found his way into the babyface role, which is great storytelling. Uh, but again, we knew that Avalon was going to probably be a one-off, or I call that. Um, but that's not the point. The point was that he came in. Made did something really well for Dickinson, but at the same time, I was very impressed with how Avalon really was a believable opponent for a guy the size of Dickinson who looks like he way outweighs him. But again, Avalon was tough. I really enjoyed watching the chops. He didn't back down at all. He he didn't play that like I'm scared of you, bad guy, which kind of gets on my nerves sometimes. He just played the I'm smarter than you, and he proved it. And Dickinson eventually just came out ahead through grit, determination, uh, and being a, you know just being just that much better than Avalon on that night. So, as a as a whole, what Devin said earlier is what this match actually personified uh, or or showed in the action is when you give good wrestlers enough time, they can tell a story in the ring with the match. And I thought this match did a great job of that. It won me well, over. Yeah. Let me one one thing add in one thing real quick because I disagreed with Kevin earlier. Now I agree with him. 
I do believe that this was the type of match that was done in a way that, like Kevin said, made Avalon seem believable, made the match seem believable. Uh, I mean, look, Jay, you know, I sent you a picture earlier of uh, Jake Hager, who had an MMA fight tonight, and he barely won it by split decision, and he has two black eyes, one almost swollen shut. He had cuts on his nose, a couple of cuts by his eye. I mean, he looked he looked beat up, and his opponent didn't look much better. And one of the problems with wrestling is that when he goes into the wrestling ring, he's often has to work with guys that are 150 pounds, and, you know, they have offense against him that would not be believable. That does not come across as, yeah, I can see that happening. Uh, you know, whatever. You know, it's just, it's great that this little guy can beat up this big guy. Yeah, it doesn't work. But Peter Avalon, they set this match up right. I don't know who the agent or producer was for it, but they did it right. And, uh, yeah, uh, newfound respect, maybe, maybe not, but certainly uh, a, a good match from both of them. I think we can agree on that. So that's that's going to wrap it up because I know it's getting late on the East Coast. I know it's getting late in Florida, um, and I know it's not that early in Texas either. So we're going to wrap the show up. Uh, I want to thank everyone for being a part of the show. Woodland Goblin, Jason Newsom, Terry McDermott, Dave Scooby. Uh, All Japan Stan, if I missed you, I'm sorry. Everyone that's in here, I really appreciate you guys joining us week in, week out. Of course, Thursday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific. We're here to talk with you guys about uh, Primetime Live and everything else that's happening in the NWA. And then I also want to say, hey, guys, if you wouldn't mind, join us on Instagram tomorrow. Instagram Live with This is the NWA Podcast for me and Will Martin. Do the hot tag. And, of course, Tuesdays, 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 the pre-party with J-Cal. That's me. If you want to just hear me ramble for about an hour or so, that's a great time to do it. I know it's getting late. Kev, where can they find you on socials? What What's your YouTube channel? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Kevin Lee Frazier. Uh, you can find my wrestling matches at Kevin Douglas 247 uh, And you can find some of my uh, ministry, fitness, inspirational speaking um at just kevin 247 so those are my two youtube channels different kinds of content just depending on what you're looking for that day and dk how about yourself man where can where can the folks find you on the socials uh hopefully not on no uh seriously my only one that deals with wrestling is my twitter account you'll get to find out what i think about uh, wrestling, boxing, MMA, politics from the combat sports. You'll also see some of my things on the DC Universe comics and movies and shows. So that's at DKMFWTX. Devin Kent Mercer, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey! And again, you can follow me at the Alliance blog. Make sure, if you enjoy this podcast, please give us a thumbs up and a follow, a like, share it with your friends. And that's going to do it for us, man. I just want to, again, thank everyone for joining us this week. It's been a busy week. Uh, but I want to remind you, 
that through all the troubles that are going on throughout the day, remember, get positive, stay positive, and we'll see you guys at the matches.